Is mainstream school failing your kids? The pandemic, with all the changes to schooling and daily life, is a moment of opportunity to rethink the educational path that works best for you and for your kids. So the question is, how can we as parents find alternative solutions that aren't necessarily having to do it all ourselves or pay for programs that we can't afford? I'm Jerry Kirk. And I'm Graham Kirk. Join us as we talk with families thriving on their own path. We shared practical tips, wins, and challenges they've been through to help you on yours. We interview educational experts and parent entrepreneurs with education solutions for the modern age. So parents wanting a better alternative can make confident, informed choices. Welcome to the Modern Education Movement Podcast. You're ready for change. And so are we. My guest today, Julia Black, was faced with a very real problem to solve. Her daughter was struggling at school. And she was starting to feel fenced in, crushed, and dispirited. That light that was inside her seven-year-old child for learning was going out. So I want to ask you, what, what would you do if you were in that situation? Now for Julia, she knew that something had to change. And so she took action. She and her family spent the next 12 years on an amazing real-world adventure exploring cutting-edge educational practices, neuroscientific developments, and mental well-being research. And the good news is that she found a way to transform children who are totally bored by what school has to offer, like, we've never seen that before, right? And turn them into the most intrinsically motivated learners. And she's put it together in something called Lights On. And through her, her academy, thousands of children and their families are experiencing incredible results. They're leading more positive, creative, and happy lives because of it. And so on today's show, we're going to explore this Lights On framework and Julia's three keys for success, which if you don't have, you're potentially leaving 95% of your children's potential on the table. Julia, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my real pleasure. You know, you've, you've really been on, on quite a journey and, you know, I'd love for you to just for a moment, kind of take us back to the beginning. You know, what, what did life look like then? Yeah, well, it was 13 years ago when I really kind of began to realize that this education system that had kind of, I'd gone all the way up through quite, you know, happily to master's level wasn't really going to work for my daughter and then later on for my son. And I was then just a parent who was, you know, thinking this is going to be great because my daughter was an early reader. She was sort of reading before school, age three. And um, so she didn't have the dyslexic gene that, you know, my dad had. And, and I was just really shocked, I think. I was shocked at how bored she became very, very quickly, very early on. And because she was so articulate, she was able to tell me like what it was, what it was like, how bored she was, how she, like, her words were, yeah, my learning's being fenced in. They're not interested in who I am. I can't be creative anymore. So all the things, you know, that we kind of, we all know if we're following anything in education that are important for keeping a child really engaged and lights on and, and really excited to be owning their learning, she was really feeling were taken away from her. So I just kind of set out to solve that problem really and started from that point on flexing the education system to ensure that her mental health was really the priority focus. And that took me to kind of doing flexi schooling. So a mix of the both in school and, and doing some home learning at the same time. Like I think, you know, other countries call it blended learning. Nice you had that option back then. 
Yeah, well, I didn't know about it. I think it was really interesting because I just, I knew at age four when she was coming out really angry that I had to do something. So I just phoned up the local authority and was ready kind of, you know, I'm quite feisty if I see a problem, you know, I'm definitely not going to, I'm not going to sort of not solve it. And I was all ready to have this sort of like argument and present my case. And I said, look, there has to be a way with my daughter, she's just four, summer born, that I can like stagger the entry over this first, you know, year. And the guy on the end of the phone just said, um, yeah, it's called flexi schooling. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he was just like, yeah, it's totally down to the head teacher. And so I just went and talked to the head teacher. She didn't know about it. None of the head teachers in the, in the county that I live in here in, in England knew about it. But I just put a proposal together and she kind of, yeah, let me go with it. And it was amazing because it, what it just even that one day out of school for her allowed her to be her. And, and that's ultimately become my kind of life's work, really, from that point on, helping, you know, my own family. But also then, like you said, thousands of children just really know what it means to be them and to keep ownership of their learning. So it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. By age nine, she was kind of now going, right, this is like prison mum. And we'd already, we'd kind of had her in school, out of school. And so I, she said, you might as well send me to prison every day. And wow. that's when I just thought, actually, you know what, with everything now I know about learning and education and all the work that I've been doing with her school, I just said, you, you can't hear your child say that. <laughs> and then she kind really of take that. him to the prison. She yeah. said that she was curled up in a dog basket. Yeah. With oh the, you goodness. know, and looked up at me. And just said, you might as well be sending me to prison every day, mum. That's what it's like. What did that um, feel like as a, as a mum to hear that from your child at, at that moment? I mean, you'd already been trying a lot of different things. You know, it'd been a number of years doing the flexi school and different things. And still, after all that trying, here she is, like, feeling like she's trapped in, in, a, in a prison. What, what was that like? I think it was, yeah, I think it was kind of, I was trying to think back now. I mean, my immediate reaction was I just phoned, I picked the phone up and said, she's not coming back. I'm taking her out of school. Um, and my son was at the school. So I kind of s still took him on the school run and, and, and took him in until the end of that year. And then they both came out. But I think it was like, the, it wasn't so much the words, it was seeing her face and it was seeing, and any parent will know this if they've had a child that's kind of started to disengage because she was still getting the grades, right? So she was still, she was a high, you know, a high achieving student. And I think that's the thing that I feel really important for parents to look at is not the grades, look at their face, look in their eyes and what do you see? And I think for her, it was just like it was, it was like the lights were out. She was almost like gray. She had lost all her energy to do anything that she loved on the weekends. And I think it was just, yeah, literally hearing that it was that like, okay, enough is enough. She's got to come out now. That's when I went on to set up my center, creative learning center. Oh, interesting. Yeah. T tell me a bit more about that. Yeah. So I guess I kind of had her out of school and I, I never really wanted to home educate. So I kind of, <laughs> yeah, did the harder sort of path, I guess, which is set, set up my own creative learning center. We didn't have anywhere to kind of start. Um, so we actually started in a skittle alley of a pub, like this room <laughs> that in, in the evenings, you know, they played skittles. <laughs> And in the, in the um, daytime, we were there with about, I think we had about 20, 20 kids, 22 kids who had signed up, um, were coming to, you know, to come and learn and to explore and do projects and kind of more real world learning. And in particular, explore obviously that like the four C's, you know, creativity, communication, critical thinking and collaboration. 
And then by chance, as often these things happen, the old primary school that was actually in my village had been shut for quite a number of years and it went on the market. So one of my um, directors actually bought the school and then we ended up in this beautiful space, old primary nice. school in the yeah. middle of nowhere in rural Somerset. And it was just, um, yeah, it was so good. It was really exciting. Although, you know, the, the pub experience sounds very British too, so. Yeah, exactly. It's a good story, isn't it? It's kind of nowhere else would have us. So yeah, we, we, uh, yeah, in the old British pub. <laughs> so on, on your, on your website, you, you mentioned, and this is what I'm curious to know more about is, you know, through all this, this journey that you've been, you've been on that you've kind of discovered these three primary keys for success for, for kids. I'd love for you to dive into those. Yeah. So passion, mindset, and time are really the factors that I have seen with thousands of children who have all had different like learning abilities. And if we could get those three in place, then the children began to really take ownership of their learning and start to be able to achieve extraordinary things. So that's kind of my starting point with anyone that I work with, any family that I work with, is this 100% belief that everyone has something that they can be amazing at and it what I didn't kind of really know it going into like setting up my center and you know when I look back in many ways I kind of think gosh I was like really bold because I wasn't a teacher but I just knew I'm here to disrupt education and it was really a process of figuring out what wasn't working as much as what was working that kind of made me realize that actually the whole way we're looking at the, um, you know, our children's education often is from an outside in perspective, you know, what curriculum should we be doing? You know, maybe if we just made it project-based learning, or maybe it should be, you know, the learning should be fun. If we, if we kind of keep shifting the, the sort of the external learning environment, then everything would be okay. And I realized, well, that's not actually true. It's kind of one of the big mistakes I think we make in thinking and and you'll see this when you have you know children who have moved from school to school to school trying to find that place that works for them and when i began to realize that actually it's the internal learning environment that we need to really focus in on that was the game changer for how we began to get transformations with children and that's really when schools started sending us groups of children that they were struggling with so either they were struggling with them like maybe because they were not achieving or they were struggling with them because they were achieving, but they were still kind of, you know, they weren't able to stretch them. And so what I began to sort of see is that no matter how fun we made it, because we had that flexibility because we went to school, no matter how real world we made it, because, um, you know, we were doing project based learning and trying to make it as real as possible. The difference was always when we could find that thing that that particular child was really passionate about, and then they could find their entry to the learning through that, through what I call a switch. And so that's really the passion. And then I think when we started, especially over here in the UK, there wasn't much talk about mindset back then. And, you know, when I was kind of sort of talking about it's really important for us to be making mistakes and things like that. And, you know, parents and that would kind of look at me a bit strange. <laughs> right but now, obviously, you know, now we well, everyone's now talking about resilience and things like that. And that's really where the mindset comes in. And then slowing learning down in order for it to speed up and become exponential. That's kind of the third key time. So that's those are the three keys. When you, when, when you listed time on the website, I thought more about like more productive use of time. So I'm really curious about 
you, you mentioned slowing down time in order to, to speed up. I'd love for you just to noodle on that a little bit more. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, by- I, I, th- I think because we've become so kind of caught up in the education system, and this is parents as guilty as it um, of it. I think as you know, the designers of our curriculum and, and school boards and stuff in the outcome and wanting to see results, you know, need and sort of really expecting that, you know, we kind of almost fire stuff at children. You know, day, you come into the school, you move from this lesson to that lesson, you've got 20 minutes to do this, you know, pack that up. Now we're going to do this. And so we've kind of really created uh, I believe a warped sense of like what can be done within a time frame. We think right, we need to pack it all in, and actually, if we slow things down and if we take time to really embed the foundations of learning within a child or an adult, then we will start to see the hockey stick curve where it might feel really slow at the beginning, and it might even like kind of take a little bit of a dip at time while we're sorting out the mindset element, but then it will just begin to skyrocket. Because the thing that I realized when we were based on a school site and, and were having, you know, hundreds of students come to us regularly was that children were not, in my view, owning their learning. So I, I kind of sort of think about it as the driving seat of their learning. And I kind of sort of think as soon as our kids enter into a school environment, and this could even be if you're home educating. I work with a lot of home educating families who are still making those same mistakes that I think the schools are. Um, And it's almost like they, you know, age four, five or six, whenever a parent or a system begins to think they should be learning now, it's like we kind of, you know, we take them out of the driving seat and we put them in the back and now you're a passenger. So I always start by really kind of going, what kind of learner have we got? What kind of learner is in front of me now? And if I can take the time to really help them explore who they are, then I know that I'm going to be able to help them unlock that brilliance that's inside them. So it's kind of doing less to create more. Wow. That's really, really powerful. In fact, I'm just, I'm feeling goosebumps just listening to you right now. Is it? And, and as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm thinking about a Facebook post I saw last night with this, this mother who was distraught, you know, she's talking about how her, her two sons are like spending all their time just doing YouTube and whatnot, not wanting to do their homework and just at home. And she's feeling like, like a failure, like all these, all these things that, you know, we think we're supposed to be achieving that, you know, clearly aren't working. And, and just the, just the distraught in her post, it, I really felt that. And yeah, it's just, it's not a, it's, it's, it's the, yeah, you're right. It's the wrong approach. So I'd love for you to dive a bit into then. So, and I believe this so much. I mean, I see them in, in my own kids as well. I have three teenagers now and we've been homeschooling our whole lives and trying different things. And um, I do notice when, when Graham in particular, when he is really into something, like it's, it's a totally different experience than, you know, if he's being told to do this or that. And um, it's really exciting to see. So how does one, you know, how can, how can parents or how, you know, who want to kind of keep that light on, if you will, what are some of the ways they can try to, to, to foster that, to bring some of that out, you know, even if they're in school or, or not? I think the key really is to look at your own fears. So the work I do really is coaching parents to get out of the way of their children 
And even when I had, you know, worked with my own team in in our um, physical centers, I would say the same thing is to look at the, the sort of what you're thinking when you look at your child and kind of go, wow, when they're doing that, their lights on and they're just really leading their learning and they can spend hours and they're hyper-focused and, oh my God. But then when I try and get them to do their homework, they don't want to do it. And so that's the kind of, that's the paradox, right? That like you say, like that Facebook post is what most parents, especially during lockdown, were facing. Very it's much. the reality Huge. of, reality, yeah, reality of like, oh my goodness, like my child even might be getting the grades at school, but I've got them at home and they're just so uninterested. So they I can, can see them in now, front of this. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it. it's not this, this disconnected thing where they, they're gone for eight hours a day. It's like, yeah, right in your, in your face. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and they, they saw it and then, you know, yeah, I can sit my kid in front of a computer to be on one of these Zoom or, you know, like classes, but they can see that they're not engaging. And this, what was interesting, I think, is, is where I always coach parents to say, well, let's look at what it is they're doing when they are really engaged. And that's the bit of the puzzle in terms of like how to, to create and grow incredible learners that I believe is what's where we're missing as parents, but also as educators, because it's so outdated now to think that there are certain things our children have to learn at a certain point in their life. And that was one of the real frustrations for me back, you know, 13 years ago. It was just like, but my daughter is already reading and, and now she's having to go back to sort of basics. And the message always was coming back, like, you know, there's no race. And I was like, no, there isn't a race. But if a child wants to run or skip or hop, then shouldn't we like be facilitating that rather than saying, no, sorry, you have to step in line. And so always as a parent, just look at that thing that they love to do. And then what I do is I help parents create the learning adventure and that path from that point. Because if we can create a pathway, a success pathway for a child that is stemming from their passion, right? Or their switch. So it might be that they love writing. It might be that they're a maker or an engineer or an artist or a mathematician. Then we can kind of, from that point, we can say, right, where do you want the adventure to head? Where are you heading with this? And when I, uh, I used to be a filmmaker, so I've obviously also made lots of films with children. And every time I'm asked them, it's like, what is it you love to do? Often they'll just say, nobody ever really asks us that, right? And that's what I saw. And that's what's actually quite frightened me in terms of being a, a change maker for, you know, and wanting to create a better future for our children and making sure that we're not just dumping a whole load of problems on them, but we are setting them up to be able to cope with what comes. What really shocked me was seeing the number of children who were disengaged or disenfranchised or switched off. And as I say, the caveat to that is they might well have been getting those top grades and it didn't make a difference. And actually what I found was that the children who were struggling academically or were refusing to fit in the box and were kind of kicking out, maybe because of neurodiversity or, or something else, they were actually relatively easier to get reconnected because it was almost like, no, I have to do this other thing. And so they're like, you know, almost just breaking out of the box because they can't put it on hold. But the children who are conforming and getting the grades, just let them let, let go of who they want to be. And that to me is the real crime, I think, of, you know, really not looking at learning from the inside out. Wow. So do you find sometimes that 
maybe because of the, the experiences they've had with the learning journey that kids aren't really sure what they're passionate about or what they're interested in or or you know to the parent at least it seems like all they're seeing is, is video games or, or youtube and they see that as a, as a negative thing yeah we do and, and we obviously the first thing that we do when we work with any family is like help that help the parents find that thing that their children love to do anyone who is like we we talk about going moving from a consumer to a creator so you know most certainly most teenagers probably even from age sort of nine upwards if you ask them what would they love to do it's like i love you know gaming <laughs> i love you know social media or i love watching youtube and so that's the thing it's like okay well are you consuming or are you creating and majority of the time they'll be just consuming so the key thing i think for parents to really focus in on is what can your child do beyond the grades when they are creating something original and that is the beautiful thing about what happens when you start your child creating is that you can then see right you can then sort of see almost it's like it's kind of opens up the me mechanics of them as a learner you see like how do they communicate you see like how are they choosing to take and research knowledge and and change it into something original you're sort of seeing how do they think all of these sort of skills that we want to kind of really know and understand and see here's a learner that is growing so that we can also then help them grow the right skills that they need for their passion and check in with where their mindset is so that i would say you know for for your listeners is the key to focus in on is i would say forget the homework right if you're having arguments with your children because you're trying to get them to do old school learning which is you know consumption based really if you're if you're just learning knowledge and and kind of regurgitating it in an essay or an exam but really empower them to kind of go what are you amazing at and let's start seeing that i, I think your son helps you does he with the sound engineering um on the podcast yeah i'm i'm, I'm really uh grateful he, he actually does some of the interviews too which surprised me i, I invited him to Kind of join me as a as a host, and and so we could like interview other families in particular as a father son talking to another parent and a child, and he said yes right away. And I thought, oh, wow, that's that's really cool, you know, just trying to create those possibilities for him. He's 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 keeps stepping in. So now he's launching. Actually, as he's just launched a business to edit other people's podcasts. So Fantastic. again, something he just wanted to do, and so I'm just trying to support him in that. But yeah, it's it, I think for me the. the you know, being an entrepreneur myself for so long and, and being someone who is very driven, I sometimes get in the way because I have a sense for pace and, and you know, how things should unfold. And, and as I've learned more and more now to let go, he can work at his own pace, which is slow. I mean, he's only 13. He's almost 14 now. Sometimes I forget, you know, what, uh, what should be, you know, typical of a 13 or 14 year old, right? Because he's, he's so amazing. But yeah, as I've let go of more of the reins and just kind of let him unfold you know the, the things that i hope to see at some point are, are are going at the way that he needs it to go and it's it's really exciting to see yeah and that's exactly what, what i would say about him now him owning that and so you know his portfolio for example will be yeah him you know helping you doing the interviews so he's you know his communication there he's you know developing like doing you know the editing of the podcasts you know and then and sort of setting it up and my son's similar, you know, he's 14. He was, I think, 13, 12, 13, when he was editing videos for online entrepreneurs. 
as a young filmmaker because he had again been learning the skills from age seven. And and it's about finding where do you feel? I believe everyone has like this natural born talent that is inside them that if we can find that or help them find it, then it's almost just like, that's it. That's where we invest our time. And so going back to the time element of it, it's like, imagine, you know, your son's 13, nearly 14. Wow. You know, he could have four more years exploring where this takes him, you know, and along that way, he's going to learn so much about himself. He's going to find out, well, where are my edges? Where, where, where is it that I really do not want to tread beyond? And that's always, again, what I'm interested with mindset is not just fixed and growth mindset, but really it's like, where's the edge of your comfort zone? And what happens when you kind of get close to it? And what happens when you step beyond it? So, you know, your son will be building up yeah, a great portfolio that's going to serve him like um, in life. Not necessarily necessary to show anyone possibly, but mm-hmm. you can then use that as a really good reflection tool. I, I, I agree. I think it's, it's, you know, I could care less how his, his business succeeds or fails. I think it's more just the, the journey that he's on. And, and, you know, as you have mentioned already, you know, building that resilience that creativity, that ownership, right. Of, of his, of his own path. So. Yeah, I'd like to go back to something you were saying earlier too about how you know, your primary work is with with parents, and that's not by accident. I know because <laughs> I think in a lot of ways, it's us parents. You know, who we, you know we've we've gone through the, the the schooling process and all these things, all these these this mindset blocks and and ways of looking at the world and the way things are supposed to be that are really a primary barriers in a lot of ways to our kids kind of unlocking their potential. So I'd love for you to dive into that a, a little bit and, and how you help parents to kind of get out of the, get out of the way. I guess <laughs> the best way I could put it. Yeah, it's exactly how I say it. It's just step back so your child can step forward as a learner. Yeah. And, and I realized, I guess when we were working directly with the children, with the My Creative Learning Center, that no matter what we did with them, like, yeah, we could get children to do incredible things and really engage or push beyond their edges and all of that kind of stuff. But the, the predominant culture of where they are kind of living and learning is really, really important. And when we went online, one of the things that became really obvious um, for me was that um, parents would say things like, oh, my child never finishes a project. You know, they always give up when it gets hard and all of this kind of thing. And it was really obvious that actually the children were just a mirror to the parents and these parents. So I begin to ask them, I say, so what about you? You know, are you really good at sort of finishing things? Like, oh no, you know, I've got a trail of unfinished projects, you know. That's so good. That's so good. And, you know, and it would be less like, and what about you? You know, do you give up really easily? Oh yeah, I've got such a fixed mindset. And so it was like, we couldn't get through in the online space to the children before we really empowered the parents to be braver. I I guess I think about it. I talk about it being courageously vulnerable and being prepared to reconnect with who they were as a learner as well, because most of the parents that we work with have gone through the old school system and they put on hold who they were, which is exactly what I was seeing with the children in, you know, when we worked with the schools they'd just become disconnected. They weren't learners. They were going through a process that was what was expected of them. So that's where it's exciting because if we can shift whole family transformation, if we can get whole family transformation 
then we know that that child will always have adults around them that are going to be able to empower them rather than disempower them. And that's really the focus, I think, where I get excited. That is really fascinating. So in a lot of ways, the way to really light up a child is, is to help the, the parent light up first. Yeah, so, so absolutely. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's a whole family transformation. And it's so beautiful to see because, you know, as again, as a mother, I, I don't know what it's like, you know, as a dad, maybe you can fill us in. But for me, when I became a mum, there was a definite, you know, shift in like, who am I now? Because I had been a filmmaker and I still tried to juggle that for a little while as a mum. And then I had my second child and it was just like, but I want to be here hands on with my kids because I was making films of young people with like mental health issues and things like that. And I was just like, well, why would I choose to go off and leave my children with somebody else and go and spend time with families, you know, where they're struggling? But that was hard for me. So I love it when I can, when parents come in and I know that the, the children are never an issue. We can get children learning really, really fast. But if we can get the parents' lights back on, then the children stop becoming the focus of their kind of, of their life. And that's for me, if we go back to like, you know, 13 years ago, when I suddenly had a problem to solve for my daughter and my lights came on because it was like, ah, oh, this is where I can make an impact now. Yeah. If I'm not going to be doing the films and kind of creating, a, you know, attention and conversation through those, I'm going to impact this community in the way that I believe I can. So that's, that to me is, I guess, my biggest passion is just really empowering people of any age to step into that, you know, into the person that they were born to be. And when you see it happen in the, in the parent, then everything shifts for the child. They just start creating. It's almost like you get that, the exponential growth. The child is suddenly creating like crazy, you know. So you like a big challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I, I mean, so for us as adults, I mean, there's so much history, so much baggage, so much, so much, so many layers on, on the shell to, to kind of pierce through or to, to pull away. I'd, I'd love to just dive into a little bit more in detail. Like I'm, I'm thinking of some, like someone who's out there listening, like, yeah, you know, like, I feel like for most of my life, I've just kind of been coasting or I've been, you know, just doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm not really, I'm not really passionate. I realize now that that's actually getting in the way of, of my child finding their passion. So if I really want to be the best parent I can be, I need, I need to do that for myself too. So what, what would that look like if, if a parent was to, to work with you? Um, just kind of a general idea of, of you know, kind of the, the, what, would, what would happen, kind of the effort involved and the investment of the parent in terms of time and that sort of thing. And, and even like working with their, their, their child, like do they need to be obviously at, at home and homeschooling now? Like how, how does that all look? Yeah, so really the main criteria for anyone who wants to kind of work in this way with us is that they want to be hands-on in learning again for them and for their children. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be home educating. We have a lot of families who've got them in school as well, because a lot of the activities and the things that we get families to do could be done after school or on holidays or around the dinner. You know, a lot of it is really shifting that culture. That's what we're going for in the early stages is let's get a culture that in the home that really understands what learning is. So one of the first things we get 
families to do is just like, right, what is learning? What does learning mean to you? And it's amazing that such a simple question can really produce fear in the parents, A, which is really interesting, have the children stropping out of the room and, you know, can actually create quite a, whoa, that, and and the parents will always come back and go, it's failed. It didn't work. My children won't engage. They think learning is boring and this is boring. And, and I'm always just like, it did work. You now know that you as a family do not understand what learning is. That's, that's success, right? Because now we know where your starting point is. Our success path is, you know, you're stumbling in the dark. You've got to redefine and reclaim what does learning mean to you as a family. And so it's, it's so simple. I, I always like to say, let's meet a parent or a child where they are or a learner. And we literally just need to walk one step, right? But what we tend to do with educational strategy is we, we tend to kind of go, right, here's a seven-year-old or a 14-year-old, and this is where they should be right? And so that might be, you know, 10 steps ahead of where they are. And we kind of create this gap that the child is very aware of then. And that feels like this massive, mm. massive goal. Wow. To yeah. And yeah. so what we can Daunting. do is we say, right, so let's meet them where they are. And then first off is, would you like to know what learning is? Would you like to learn? And I haven't met a child yet who, when I've asked the question, do you want to learn? I don't think I've had one that said to me, no. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I want to learn. And I'm like, well, so are you ready to figure out what that means to you? And, and what would you like to be doing? And so again, it's like, let's just inherently believe that we as human beings need to learn, right? To be mentally healthy. We do need to learn. And that was, um, we're, we're wired for it. You know, it's just a part of the human condition. Exactly. And so we just got to, we've got to go back to basics sometimes when children have disconnected or when they've become like really, really active consumers rather than creators and just kind of go, right. So what is it? What does learning look like to you? And if they can't answer that, then that's where we start. And then as we move them forward and they begin to realize, oh, learning is like, you know, when I'm out on the skateboard or I'm like just lost in my art or you know, when I'm creating music or when playing around with films, that's learning. And then from that point, we can go, yeah, right. What would you like to create? Are you happy to take a brief? So we give like um, children briefs because we do projects. So it would, you know, be like, well, create a, um, create a film of you trying to learn, you know, the trick on the skateboard. So we then just start layering on different kind of elements from the passion outwards. But really it does. It just starts it always starts with whether the parent is prepared to fail in order to help their child become incredible learners. And once we can get them being brave and courageous and, you know, then, then everything shifts. Wow. That's, that's so amazing. Do you have, do you have some uh, examples you could share that might, people could, could connect with? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. I'm going to talk about Bryony. So Bryony's six years old. And she, her mum joined us back in during lockdown, 2020, June 2020. She was already, she's in school normally, and she was already beginning to become fearful about going to school. So anxiety was setting in. So I always, again, look for like, um, is this now, are there mental health signs starting to sort of, you know, happen? She was getting anxious about going to school and she was saying that she was stupid and that she couldn't write, right? So this is a six-year-old. 
And, and one of the things I started coaching her mum on was, well, she's saying she can't write. Does she want to learn to write? Simple question, right? And and her mum was like, oh, okay. I haven't asked her that. And I was like, well, go and ask her that. And Bryony was, of course, the answer was, yeah, I want to learn to write. You know, right? It doesn't feel nice being in the classroom when we have to do writing and I can't do it. So she wanted to learn to write. And then I sort of asked her, you know, well, what's the main obstacle? What is it she's struggling with? Okay. So again, we tend to come at a problem and try and solve it for the kid. Right. My focus is always like, right, do you want to, do you want to write, Bryony? You know, yeah, I want to write. Okay. So what's getting in your way? And it turns out that it was like they had to write they had 10 minutes to write, you know, in their lessons normally. And she couldn't write very much in 10 minutes. And she was seeing all these other children write lots in 10 minutes. And she was really struggling to get it out, you know, the words onto the paper. And so again, really simple strategy. I said, okay, well, Bryony, would you like to either look at how many words you could write in 10 minutes, or you could kind of decide I'm going to write 10 words no matter how long it takes. And she actually chose to do the 10 words. I want to write 10 words with no time frame. And it was incredible because this, again, all her mum was just facilitating all of this. And I think she, her mum sort of shared the story and said she got up to about sort of word six or seven and then was kind of going, I can't do it. You know, I can't do it. And, and her mum coached her to push through. Yes, you can. You've only got three more to go, you know. And so she wrote the 10 words. And so now we'd given her a win. Yeah. So we're always looking with the, with the brain huge, likes win. Huge win. Yeah. yeah. The brain wants and craves that dopamine reward that comes with success. And so from that point on, then we were like, well, what about now trying to see how many words you could write within a time frame? And we basically just started layering on the steps, but always going back to Bryony in terms of, are you, are you able to do, do you want to do that? So that she was feeling the ownership of it. And yeah, she went back into school after, you know, this September and the teacher was just like, wow, you know, she just said she has gone from being fine to flying. And the difference in her handwriting during those three months where she was with us in lockdown was incredible. And she is now like setting herself her own challenges. She's just like writing, you know, through choice. So in such a short space of time, she'd gone from having being an anxious six-year-old, she thought she was stupid and couldn't write, to now absolutely just wanting to improve and improve and improve what her handwriting is like and what she can write. And she's creating these books. And the teacher herself is now acknowledging, wow, when we took, you know, able to help Bryony take that writing monster away, she's able to start flying. And, and it's just, you know, story after story after story like this. And it's a subtle difference. It's just, you know, to like, well, what's the difference of maybe getting a tutor in? And it's like, well, because a tutor would get Bryony to sit down and they'd be coaching her to do it. But this was about Bryony saying yes and taking the steps. Does that make sense, Jerry? Yeah, absolutely. Again, it's, it's that internal drive that, that, that really matters there and, and walking with her in a way that helps her, you know, a little bit past that, that comfort zone, just, just a little incremental step building that confidence and then and then and then her taking that initiative to, to go further versus that external pressure to 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 get something done and and probably just making things worse because she's, she's feeling like she's failing this other person now so yeah no, i know i totally get that that's so good it's so good yeah and and that's the thing I, i've i've kind of trained as a, a master neuro coach because you know as an entrepreneur i kind of realized 
like, you know, what's holding me back? You know, and as you say, I, li- I like a challenge. I'm definitely a risk taker. I love uncertainty. I thrive in going into the unknown. So all of that element was there. And I realized that I had to start hacking my own brain to be able to figure out what's, what's holding this back in terms of, the, you know, the business. And that was amazing experience for me to be able to feel that up leveling. And that's what we also now bring in is for the parents, you know, really become aware of the thoughts that you're having around your child's learning, because it will be that fear that maybe you're failing, the fear that you're not doing enough, the fear of what if that your children will be kind of picking up when you kind of sort of say like, you know, why can't you just sit down and do your homework? you know, and things like that, they pick up on those signals, but or equally empowering children to just know that you're thinking those thoughts. So you can choose to think the thoughts that enable you to be able to write, or you can choose to stay stuck with the thoughts that say that you can't. And again, the beautiful thing about bringing this level of, of kind of mindset work to children is that they get it. And their brains are so plastic, you know, that that it's just like, okay, yeah, well, I'm not going to think that anymore. And I'm going to think this. Whereas when we're working with the adults, obviously there's like potentially 30 or 40 years of, of tracing back to the origin of when that belief, I can't do this, you know, kicked in. Yeah, no, that's so exciting because it just sets it up for such a, you know, a lifelong joy of, of learning and and possibility right from the get go. That's, that's so amazing. It makes me so excited because I, yeah, I mean, as, a, as an entrepreneur my, myself and done a lot of coaching as well in different contexts, but it's always been, you know, what's between the ears that is really what gets in the way of, of possibility. And so it's really exciting to hear what, what you're doing there for, for parents and for families and can kids. So, so if, if someone was interested in, in, you know, getting help for them themselves and for their, for their kids, what would that look like? I know you've got some different programs and things. We could just kind of shed a little bit of light on that. Yeah, so we have our academy, Lights On Academy, which is open four times a year. And that's kind of like, our, I guess, our sort of signature program in terms of that's the space where we really coach and support families to bring that whole tra- family transformation about. And then we have also some other, we have actually just recently done a neurocoaching like program mini series. It's kind of like a project-based uh, sort of neurocoaching program for families. It's called Be the Boss of Your Brain. That's quite exciting because that is making it, taking the sort of the high level science of like how to basically hack your brains, making it really, really accessible. So Sarah Nukaruk was working with me on that, who's um, an amazing educator and creating, taking the simple concepts, like you're the thinker of your thoughts, you know, so you choose those thoughts wisely. You know, every situation is neutral. So, you know, check up, check what's going on for you from the emotions and, and sort of look at those and sort of six simple concepts. And we've made that sort of projects because we've given creative briefs, you know, on those as well. So we've had our community like making films, doing artwork and, and things like that. So that's one I'm really excited about because it really brings how I think about mindset really really simple into families so that's something that's you know families can buy and then they've got six weeks worth of you know projects to do around mindset but yeah main thing is go to our website and you know and see we've got other both of my children who are both teenagers now have got their own peer-led courses my son is a a filmmaker digital wizard so he's got his own digital creators peer-led course where he 
coaches children to kind of, you know, create scenes like where they're teleporting, you know, from place to place and things like that. So it's really fun. And my daughter's, you know, is about short story superstars. They say short story writing. That's awesome. It's all the same. It's all really tuning into like getting those children to take ownership and and sort of bringing in passion, mindset and time. Yeah. And and certainly your kids are are modeling that, which is which is fantastic. Anything more you'd like to share, uh, Julie, with with our listeners today as we as we wrap up? I think the main thing is to wherever you are as a family, however switched on or disengaged your children might be, change can happen really fast. So I know it's been really hard time for families when they have had their children at home and have thought, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with them? Or, you know, my child doesn't seem to be interested in learning at all. We can fix that really, really quickly. And that's where I always take heart in the resilience of us as human beings to come back from, you know, a place where it feels quite desperate. You know, when you know how to lead children towards being hungry, curious, you know, successful learners again, yeah, it can happen fast. So don't lose heart and think. and And I guess the main thing is, is really is, before you go down that route of sort of really looking at what's wrong and what, you know, investigating where the problem is, if you can just always think to yourself, there's nothing ever wrong with my child. We've just got to find the key to unlock their potential and just focus in what's their passion. What's that thing that once they will get out of bed every morning to get up and explore. And if you can find that, then everything else shifts. Wow. Thank you, Julie, so much for honestly just not accepting what was going on with your daughter back then and, and deciding that something had to change. And, and through that, now you've touched the lives of thousands of kids and, and families and, and, you know, really put the light on in our world in a, in a time when it's so, so needed and so necessary. I really appreciate for all, all that you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for um, inviting me on. Awesome. For all you listening, uh, we'll have the, the links to Julia's uh, website, which is, want to share it for everyone right now? Yeah, explorium.co.uk. Awesome. Great. Thanks so much, Julia, for being on the show today. Thank you.